Hi, my name is Kamil Ahmed and this is Eight Gates, a podcast about the stories guarded by the walls of Jerusalem's ancient old city. This is the story of Ramadan. Ahlan, ahlan, ya Ramadan, shahr al-khayr wal-ihsan. Ahlan, ahlan, ya Ramadan, Jerusalem embraces Ramadan with a bang, literally. Cannons go off before and after the fast, and drummers crash through neighborhoods waking them for feasts in the dark. Its old city is usually subdued, curfew-like. But in Ramadan, it bathes in the colours of lanterns and fairy lights and the streets flood with sounds and people. That kind of transformation, that wasn't something I could imagine until I saw it myself. That's why this episode of Eight Gates is my diary for the month. The story of this unique moment that repeats every year. All of that traffic, those sounds, those lights, they all lead to one place, Al-Aqsa Mosque. It's one of the holiest sites for Muslims and those who can head there on the first night before fasting even starts. It's inside Al-Aqsa, during this month, that I've met some of the most interesting and eccentric people over cobbled together meals shared in the mosque's courtyards before sunrises and sunsets. We almost always ate some variation of chicken, bread and hummus. The people were more interesting than the food. On one day, I sat with a refugee from Eritrea, an aspiring imam from the West Bank, an older guy who splits his time between Jerusalem and New Jersey, and a Palestinian student in California who'd returned for Ramadan to spend nights praying inside the mosque. There was the Sudanese refugee who lives in Tel Aviv, but for the last five years has spent the whole of Ramadan sleeping inside Al-Aqsa. A lot of refugees do something similar, but they're quite reserved with their stories. Then there was the group of students from the West Bank who'd smuggled themselves into Jerusalem. Here's one of them, who I can't name. I'm from Ramallah. I'm illegally here. I, I, come, I came by smuggling. By jumping that concrete wall that runs along the West Bank. A short bus ride later and, and then I, be, I, be, I become in uh, Aqsa Mosque. It wasn't his first time here. Last year he spent almost a whole month in Jerusalem. But he studies at Birzeit University so and it was exam the, the first two weeks uh, in Ramadan when I studying in exam and seeing people, my father, my, uh, my brothers, because they have the permission to come here. Uh, when I said uh, when I saw them, they they going to the Aqsa Mosque. They are very happy. Of course, I felt uh, in bitter. Uh, something is it's really was sad. Yeah, really. But uh, when wow, I'm in Aqsa now, so I really I'm very very happy. Jerusalem is 
I, I love Jerusalem very much. It's the, it's the best city for me. Better than Ramallah. I'm from Ramallah, but I love Jerusalem more. Then, and the most spot in all over the world is the Aqsa Mosque that I love. He's a young man from the West Bank, so chances to visit Jerusalem are rare. When one does crop up, it's also a chance to meet all those people he's separated from by a wall and those hard-to-get permits. So I have a friend there from north, from south, from west, from east. So, yeah, we meet here. Okay, I know them in the social media, but I cannot see them because we didn't have the permission. We don't have the time to visit who is in the north or who is in the south. But in the Aqsa and Ramadan, everyone here, so we meet, we talk, and this is really fantastic. رمضان زمان الحسنات رمضان زمان البركات رمضان زمان الحسنات رمضان زمان البركات رمضان ملاذ الصلوات For photographers, Ramadan in the old city is full-on. Even those who have done it all a thousand times are running about capturing that one month of nightlife. But if you are new to the city, it's magical. My name is Maria. I am 22 years old. I'm studying geography at King's College London and I'm also a professional photographer and more recently a videographer. Maria's from London. She takes these amazing photos that play with lights and shadows. For me it's always about candid moments. So like people are just they're praying that like they've got their hands raised in du'as and even if they're just like walking along they're just I think people are more in tune with themselves they're a lot more raw like they're not putting masks on this is Maria's fourth trip to Jerusalem her first in Ramadan and it's been like coming to a new place I met a girl and she invited me to her house for suhoor and she lives like two minutes away from the old city um, like from the Al-Aqsa compound and they were saying like they stay up all night until seven her family owns a shop and that's basically open 24 hours just because people are always coming to buy stuff Um, so yes basically nocturnal but I think it's nice like obviously you make the most of the the nights I feel like I just would have come back for every Ramadan I feel like that's going to be the experience um, that I have just experiencing everything fully, like speaking to people even if they can't speak English and just asking them about like their country and their experiences and even talking to shopkeepers um, and just like taking taking every experience and um, talking to everyone you can, yeah, making the most of it. another place that's pretty important to Ramadan in Jerusalem, Damascus Gate. Those iconic steps outside it, they get filled with young kids every night. Sometimes they put on parkour shows, other times they'll launch boastful chants, partially aimed at the armed police standing below. The thing about most of the year is Damascus Gate is a kind of sterile zone. It's the single most violent place in Jerusalem, so any gatherings of the local Shabab don't last long. Ramadan's supposed to be the exception. 
but this year that peace was shattered. On the third Friday, there was a stabbing attack outside the old city. A police officer was killed and so were the three young Palestinian suspects. So like, did you like, did you get out of the gate um, before the, the fire firing happened or after? No, I was out. I was out and, and just a few steps uh, out towards the west. Um, and I heard it from behind me and then everything kind of got a little, got a little nuts. Whoa. I, 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 tried to, I tried to approach the situation um, and then and then, and then I had to jump the fence and kind of skedaddle with everybody. Kevin, how about you second that? I'm going to on. I'm Friday nights mean thousands of Palestinians are allowed in from the West Bank to pray. At the end of the night, they usually get their buses home from Damascus Gate, but this time, it was closed for hours after the attack. That meant chaos. Today we are like in prison in the Aqsa Mosque, just in in the Aqsa and the Aqsa and the mosque yards. Those West Bank students who jumped the wall, they got worried after the attack, especially after Israeli police raided Palestinian neighborhoods busing back 350 people to the West Bank. Because they catch everyone who go out without a declaration or without, if you are not from Jerusalem. Yesterday, there's uh, there's an agent from uh, Israeli intelligence uh, called, uh, called us, called me and uh, two of my friends. They requested from us to answer uh, their questions, which are, which are two questions. Uh, when you came to Jerusalem and how did you came? So we answered to be in the safe side yeah, by declaration, by expired declaration. That's, that, that is. And when they called me, when they called me, I turned off the cell phone. These last 10 nights were supposed to have been the busiest, the holiest. Instead, Damascus Gate has been deserted, people were scared, and everyone wondered how it would affect the 27th night, the peak of Ramadan, when people come from all over seeking a thousand months of blessing. From up high, I got a view of just how everything had changed. I'm getting a good view of the spread of worshippers. You can see the people outside the main Kibli Mosque and the women up on the platform of the Dome of the Rock. And it's busy, there's a lot of people, but not really much more than any normal Friday. Uh, there's, you can see a lot of empty spaces, uh, way more than last year where people didn't have space to bend down even. It took half an hour, an hour to leave the mosque after prayers. People are pretty open about saying they were scared after last Friday's attack uh, and the security, the, the way the security situation changed in the old city. Wherever you are in Al-Aqsa or, or the old city, you can see this uh, white security surveillance balloon that's floating over, over the area. Some people felt this year's Ramadan was spoiled, but those who did come stayed and prayed through the night. And 
As they filed out at sunrise, they raised the last chaotic chorus. Those Ramadan songs that guided us through this diary were sung by Majid Hidmi. You heard my neighbours Sam and Aaron speaking on the phone after the attack. It was recorded by Shane Shady. This podcast is part of the Convivencia Network. Find more at convivencia.co.